Hello and welcome to the Oslo Bra podcast with me, Tiril Refsum, the founder and owner of Scandinavia's leading plant-based cafe chain and wellness concept Oslo Bra, which is all about pleasure and finding happiness in the smallest of things. And of course, eat a lot of raw chocolate cake. I started Oslo Raw back in 2016 because I wanted to share my passion for healthy foods and cakes and raw foods after a long time of being burned out, depressed and really exhausted after not taking care of myself and listening to my needs. Um, after one year of running my first cafe, I had 17 employees and published my first best-selling cookbook and today we are a team of over 35 members with multiple cafes and a bakery and another best-selling book as well as running this podcast. On this show, I invite in inspiring people who share their challenges, life stories and ideas with us. We talk about business, career, health, wellness and how to optimize yourself and serve the world. Today I have the pleasure of talking with the world-leading expert on the natural hormone of oxytocin. Kerstin Moberg is a specialist in women's health and female physiology and has worked with these fields for more than 30 years with a focus on the healing aspects of oxytocin. Kerstin has written several books about the hormone and its important and positive impact on different processes in the body. Today we talk about touching, sex, raw chocolate, intimacy, relationships, busy businesswomen and how to feel well through these corona times. Enjoy! Warmly welcome to Kerstin. How are you today? Fine. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So if you're not feeling well one day and you're feeling stressed or busy, how do you find a way to calm down and to feel well again? (laughs) Well, I think I don't always manage, but I think that people, there are some tricks, of course. That is that... uh, you can, you can do this either through, I would say, the body, through the skin, or you can do it mentally. Um, one of the best ways is actually to stimulate the nerves in the skin. You know, these nerves that receive or respond to subtle stimulation like touch and warmth. And therefore, I mean, the original thing for for making us feel very, very sort of supported and and, and calm is, of course, receiving a hug from somebody else. But I would say that there is another way, and that is really being surrounded by warm, lukewarm water, like, you know, taking a hot tub, because that also will sort of, so create some sensation of touch. And the mixture of touch, light pressure, and warmth is the most efficient way of activating these nerves that go up to the brain and activate what, what, what I call the common connection system, which is really very much oxytocin. What is oxytocin? So oxytocin is originally, it was identified as a hormone that would uh, 
drive labor and, and breastfeeding. But it turned out that it is just a coincidence that people found it during breastfeeding because it actually exists in everybody, in every man, in every woman, in every child, in every adult, old people. And it, it's there, I would say, to do a few things. It, it's there to stimulate our social interaction. But another very often forgotten effect is that it, it has a very strong anti-stress effect. So it decreases the stress axis, the, you know, the HPA axis and the sympathetic nervous system in many ways. And also the amygdala, you know, the center for fear and things. So when you can activate the oxytocin system, you will get a lot of positive influences in the brain that help you uh, stay calm and, and, and feel better. Um, so that's, I think, the basic mechanism for doing this. And um, you could actually compare it with if you, if you, if you, if you are hit or hurt on the skin, you will immediately respond with stress reactions to get rid of it or to, you know, to to uh, to solve it in some way. But there is like a you know a piano <laughs> on on in the skin. You can have, you can cause effects by very subtle stimulation. And then the, the more intensely you stimulate, finally you reach also these nerves that mediate pain and stress. But you can always use the light touch to reverse stress. And that's always available to people. I mean, we all know that during this corona period, we have not been allowed to, you know, contact people and some people have been completely alone and others have been um, at least very restricted in, in how many contacts they have been having. But that's always there, this oxytocin system. And the best way is to activate your own system, that is by stimulating these nerves in the skin, which send impulses up there into the brain to activate the oxytocin system. Is it possible to, to want to resist and defend ourselves from feeling oxytocin? For example, I have been very stressed my whole life. I've been extremely like this good girl. I accomplished everything. And if somebody wanted to touch me, I felt like, oh, get away. Oh, you know, don't come near me because feeling intimacy was scary for me. And also mm -hmm. feeling that pleasure was mm -hmm. something I didn't want to feel. What, think, what is all that all about? You know, you're saying something very important because the oxytocin system is actually developed to be a bit cautious and protective because actually you can't imagine that you could walk on the street and you could go to a stranger and give a hug and that that person would be absolutely happy and, and, and calm. This is not the case. So there is an inbuilt defense and that could be that you are in a in a surrounding where you don't feel safe or there could be people around that you don't really know so it's about safety to allow expression of the oxytocin and that may take some time to go as you say to 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 lower the the um, the defense system the activity there sometimes i would say though that very very subtle touch given by somebody who you don't are not afraid of might open up 
for more acceptance of touch. And the hot water, the warm water is very, is less, I would say, dangerous in a sense, because it doesn't, it's not personal, you know, it is about directly stimulating these nerves. And there is another way which has been, you know, flourishing right now, and that is having a pet animal. Because if you have a pet animal that you stroke and, 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 and you know, hold, this is absolutely uh, fine because you can you can get the oxytocin from this animal by stroking and looking in their eyes. It's very often a, the best is a combination of the two. But um, the thing is that people who are a little bit you know avoidant of other humans because they are from a personal point of view or, or experiences or perhaps genes who knows or, or, or education whatever they are open to dogs, to animals, because they sort of, they don't seem to activate the defense systems as easily as humans do. And that could be a way by which you start to train and open up your ac acceptance of, of, of a more closeness and touch, because it is a process. So the more you receive, the more you can tolerate, and the more you can allow the, the you know, the, the calm and relaxation. But I think it's so important what you say that this is not immediately available to everybody and definitely not by anybody. So it has to be somebody who is, is very, very, you know, you consider as non-threatening in, in every way. So that's important, but most people can do this. And I, I know that, I've talked to some people who work with these kinds of therapies and they say that if people are afraid, sometimes you can start by giving a slight massage to the feet or to the hands, you know, it's not so personal. And then you also have these nerves there and, and they will start to firing. And, and if you get, if you allow some of this, it might then calm down the defense system, allowing you to, to uh, receive more. I think it's a matter of time very often. I mean, this doesn't, this doesn't take one second. It does take perhaps 10 minutes or something like that to get accustomed to something. And then as soon as you are, are very familiar with somebody, somebody you bond to or like or see every day, then the, this positive reaction dominates and takes over and you don't have to be doesn't need to take that long anymore so it's a little bit like a training and it is possible but you sometimes need to to take some sideways to get into it and also this makes me think of sex you know <clears throat> and men and women because uh, many of my friends and uh, women i know struggle with sex you know because they don't feel anything in their leg but I'm not there, he's pushing on and I want to, but my body doesn't feel anything. And often these women are very professional. They are extremely successful and they're managing the outer world really well. But when it comes to the bed, it's like a stranger there. Like, oh, oh, suddenly I have to re receive, you know, we give and we give and we give, but then we like, oh shit, how do I feel pleasure, you know? And when that it, I think feeling pleasure and being not being stressed, that's two sides of the same thing. That's also part of the oxytocin story. So it, it decreases stress and it increases well-being. 
And, but you need to get access to this system. And it's true that any type of control, you know, may inhibit this. It may also be your internal control system, like being concentrated. And, and uh, there are some very nice experiments where they show that oxytocin release is not only stopped by external stressors, like, you know, terrible light or, or sound, or, or it also, if, if somebody is focusing on a mathematical, you know, if you want to try to, to perform some mathematical example, that that's also stops the oxytocin from coming in. So this is obviously, there I can see that women are often in this busy, 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 busy role. They have a little work to do to get into the relaxation. I mean, it's there, it's there. It's just that basically it's used all the time. And then it takes a little bit longer to, to, to defreeze it, if you see what I mean, to, to, to get through, through the defenses. But it definitely is possible. It may need even more of, of a feeling of safety and, 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 uh, and uh, take a longer time so that you can slowly get behind these curtains of not really, as you say, being, pleasant, being present. But it's, uh, yeah, explaining to your partner that, oh, I, have, I am stressed right now and, and I don't feel that much. Could we perhaps start with a massage? And can we talk yeah, a little bit, like try to communicate it because men are so different there. Mm, like my, yeah. my, my husband is like he's fine he's going woo 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 you know and I'm like stop um, I'm not there you know and mm. I need to calm down and mm -hmm. also when you talk about touching that okay we haven't touched all week and then on Friday night like let's go to bed it doesn't work like that so maybe if we touch during the week like stroke when we pass each other say hello look into the eyes I think there are even studies showing that touch or, or a slight massage helps in these cases. But the beautiful thing is that if you have really succeeded a few times, you know, by giving a massage, you need less and less because you can, as well as you sort of become, I would say, conditioned to, to being a little bit stressed, you can open up and condition the openness also. So it's kind of a training, but I think the, the most important thing is, as you say, to accept that you have it, that defense. Otherwise, if you say it's nothing, it's as usual, you will never be able to get, 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 get rid of it until you, things can happen. I mean, you can, a situation can be so special and then you notice that these things exist. But I'm absolutely sure, but with activation of the oxytocin system slowly and thereby reducing stress levels and you can reach it. But it's also about mental training because it's about taking away these constant thoughts of doing things or being active or being in control. You know, it seems there's this, there is a cultural pressure on us, on, on, on women in our culture, because somehow we must, we, be, we are taught to become very, um, I would say, independent. We are taught to become, um, we should do everything ourselves, you know, very active. We should never listen. We should a little bit more, more. I think you have stressed that side of women a little bit too much because that, that makes it more difficult to, to relax when you need to relax. And, and it's, you know, you can, I, I'm not going to talk about that anymore, but if you take the thing like breastfeeding, you know, in, in, 
in, in the, our times, most people struggle and find it difficult. In, in, still in Africa, if you, for some reason, fail to do it, your, your sister or your mother can take over in a week because they don't have these blocking mechanisms in the brain. So they just know that they can. It's about, it's about trust somewhere also to really think I can do this and I can be here. And trust is one way, the opposite of fear. So you have, you know, to find ways of turning fear out. And then it's all there. It's to open, you know, the door to it. And I think maybe our culture doesn't promote that enough because we are taught to be competitive, excessive, you know, or, 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 or we, we should do everything. And maybe I think it's come very quickly for women. And, and uh, so they have lost some aspects of femininity in a sense, because we want so much to be like the men, don't we? <laughs> I have experienced that for so many years. Yeah. Mm. You know, I pulled in my stomach, you know, I hold it really tightly for all of my teenage years. <clears throat> I didn't cry. I didn't say what I felt. I didn't know what I felt, but I was excellent in school. I was excellent in sports. Um, I smiled all the time, not inside, but on the outside. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was happy, but I was so sad because I didn't allow all aspects of me. And sometimes when I Now I have been in therapy since I was, you know, 18 and I'm 29 now. <laughs> so I trained a lot in, you know, um, opening up to my feelings, but it's still a struggle. But when I cry and I say what I feel and experiment with connecting with my heart and communicate something that is not a thought, it's more like a feeling, I can somehow sense a flush of oxytocin, if I can say that, but it feels like a ah, relief and a wellness feeling. <laughs> so there are many ways to connect with that hormone um, and train to, to talk as well. It's not a, only about, you know, touching, but it could be as well sharing, you know? Mm. With yeah, yeah, sharing also, absolutely. So I, I, when I say touch, that's too restrictive. It means communicating actually with eyes or with, with, with ever and, and giving and, and receiving absolutely so there is this two that's it you have the the physical aspect which is probably the oldest one you know if you look at the origin of, of how we sort of evolved as human beings or even animals but then we have this other facility which is our eyes and our our, our language and, and the listening, we all know that we react to the tone of voice, for example. If you talk to somebody with a very shrill voice, you react completely different when compared to when you talk to somebody with a more sort of softer and warmer voice. So you, you have this, I would say, touch language with all your senses. It's just that you don't think of it really, because when we talk about words, we think about, you know, the, the syllables and, and the actual words, but it's not only about that. It's a lot about the way you say it, the facial expressions and, and, and also the, the, uh, um, the touch and, 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 and the feeling of being secure. So absolutely, you're right. And I think, and then we should not forget also that there, people are different. Some people are born a little bit more defensive and other are born a little bit I can see that I have grandchildren and I'm surprised to see how very different they are from the beginning and 
of course, the one that's very social is going to use that channel to the outer world and the one who is more intellectual is going to use that channel to the outer world. So I think we should not say that because we are not having the same personality as others, there's nothing wrong with it because I think also you have to value differences and think that we are different but we it's complementary and some some people, you know, who are very open and things they have to learn about defenses because they do things they shouldn't do, perhaps. And those who are very little bit more defensive from the beginning have to learn to, to get rid of some of this in order to be able to communicate. But they avoid a lot of things that could not, which might not end up well, you see. So I think nature provides humans of slightly different, I would say, types because it, it's good that there is a variation so but I think knowing that I think all types are good types and no types are bad types is very important and that it, and that then of course that to a certain extent you can modify yourself to get access to what you what you haven't and that's also of course because as I said, if you from the beginning have a certain personality, you will be rewarded for that. And then it will sort of develop further. And those who are smiling all the time, you know, the children, that everybody will smile to them and they will smile through life. And others are, are doing things, you know, which are very impressive and they will be rewarded for that. And they will sort of develop in another pathway. Interesting. And I also like that. All is okay. Everything is good. No, nobody's better or worse. Uh, but I liked what you said to develop um, habits, you know, because I said all the time, yes, yes, yes to everything. I didn't manage to say no. So I felt like I couldn't really say yes either because I didn't have boundaries. So I ended up in isolation. That was the feeling because I wasn't clear on yes or no. So nobody could come in, but I'd said kind of yes. So I was very confused. So I like what you say about defenses, but also the word boundaries can also invite in to feeling safe. You know that, no, I don't want to have you near, you know, that's okay. We don't have to be, oh, like a hippie camp, you know. I was at Inkspo. Oh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> not, not everybody would thrive in a hippie camp, definitely, even if you, and, and even if you use drugs, <laughs> I mean, because that would be a way of, of losing all these um, more, as I said, more basic human protections. So I think that um, people have been different and, and some have been shy and some have been extremely uh, open and, and, but there are ways for everybody. But I think, as you say here, it's a trick to know who yourself are. Because if you avoid knowing and refuse to say that I'm not the type I am, I think then the problems will be much bigger and, and worse. So you need somehow to have these uh, um, sort of insights. And of course, the more you look at it, the more you know, at least some situations you will be able to okay, now I'm there again, I can go another way. So it's good to have insight. And, and uh, so that's one way, but still I have to, we have to accept there are differences. You would probably not sit here giving these uh, uh, sort of presentations if you were not the person you are, would you? Exactly. 
<laughs> Very exciting. Um, many of our followers and listeners are into food, you know. Uh, we ha- I have a cafe chain and many cakes all over town. And um, my focus has always been on, on pleasure and the health benefits of, of enjoying food and um, relaxing and, and just feel, you know, not think, oh, this is good or bad, but sense like, oh, what does the chocolate feels like, you know, and, and how is that bridge between oxytocin health and food and pleasure? You know, I, I would say that food is our first relationship. So it is a relationship also. And then it's, it's you know, actually, if you, you can look at this situation, we, let's talk about a social interaction first. Well, okay, you see somebody, okay? And you feel, I w- would like to talk to this one. Okay, so next step is that you approach that person. The first one is, oh, I would like to, you see something. And then you go there and then you, perhaps give us give a hug and that's when you become calm you, you i mean looking at somebody doesn't make you calm now let's move to a to a to a to a bakery or and, and you see this wonderful little cake in the window what do you think well i would like that one you know and that's the impulse and then you go into the shop and buy that cake and that's sort of expediting the, the wish. Thirdly, you eat it, but that's when you feel good. I mean, you can feel a longing feeling when you see at things, but the real well-being comes when you've been eating things and you have all these uh, molecules activating gut hormones, which then go signal up to the brain and release oxytocin. And you know, that technique is very often used um, I, I have colleagues who work with young children who are not, you know, have, come and say, left the community in a sense. They don't want to be there because they don't trust people. And now there are people who, who need, who want to bring them back to the society. And everybody knows that if you should really talk to somebody so they listen to you, the perfect way is to share a meal. And even better is to share a meal around the fireplace, you know, uh, to, to sort of uh, get the warmth and the feeling of being gathered around something, because that alludes to very, very old instincts in us of, you know, being together or feeling safe and talking to, to each other. But food is an, an enormous activator of the oxytocin system. And also, you may know that most businessmen, if they want to have a contract written, they would invite the the customer for a dinner, wouldn't they? Before, because they know, and, and that the the chance of having that contract signed, because this, you know, this customer will trust you more easily if you had eaten eaten food. So it's the same system. This so you can get a lot of of feelings from your inside but also from your outside. But basically, look at babies. I think food is very important for them. It's warmth and it is, it is um, calories, it is filling, you know, it's also some kind of distension. And on the outside, it is more, it's the same. It's warmth and, and a little bit of touch. So actually, I think uh, we should include food as one of, of our relationships. I think that's very important. And some people in some 
parts of life, food is more important than in others. I think food has become extremely important during these corona times because people, they buy more food, we know that. I can't see so many people, they sit at home. What do you do? Well, you eat better. They, they not only buy more food, they buy higher quality food. And then of course, there's a little bit of wine to that, but that's some kind of, it's another way of getting to the sensation of, of satiation and wellness and fullness and, and the relaxation and all this, definitely. Oh, that's so beautiful. With that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I um, started my cafe, we are, only had cakes, you know, all mm -hmm. kinds of raw food cakes mm -hmm. and we ate chocolate all day long and I can just remember it as like one big oxytocin party we were so happy you know and uh, all the other hormones like dopamine ser serotonin and they are linked to this I should say that because oxytocin is really a hub in the brain so when you activate the oxytocin which is in a small nucleus in the hypothalamus well that from there you have nerves extending to exactly to the, to the dopamine, uh, to the reward center. Another part goes to the stress center where it decreases. Another one goes to the serotonin. So oxytocin is not doing anything by itself. It's, combination, it's a combination of, of, of um, in activating secondary mechanisms that make, uh, make it so efficient. And uh, so you have wellness, dopamine, you have anti-stress in many ways. And you have also the, uh, uh, either the serotonin, which is also some kind of feeling good after all. I mean, dopamine is maybe a little bit more being, you know, for the moment higher, but serotonin is also very important for feeling, um, for feeling well, I would say. And then you have also pain relief with oxytocin. So there are all of these negative and, and reduction of fear, of, of course, also. So you get all these, not because oxytocin does it where it sits, but because it sends nerves containing oxytocin to this whole map of different sites in the brain, which together, when activated, makes you feel relaxed and well. What about chocolate? Chocolate is very good. <laughs> oh, I think it is a perfect mix of... of uh, there's often milk in it. I think milk has many good effects. It's, um, it's, it gives you some kind of satiety, you know? It really, it, it really does. And then you have the wonderful taste of chocolate and, and something in more. I think chocolate is, is extremely good for well-being. The problem is that the volume is so small, so you would like it to be a little bit less dense, and then you could, could eat more, perhaps. <laughs> But definitely, chocolate is, is important. Um, also, they say that there is, within the cocoa itself, some substances that would also influence brain functions. That's possible. I haven't really gone into that literature, but I'm convinced there are some in, positive substances. I heard in like Berlin and other big cities, they use uh, raw cacao as a party drug because they get so uh, open in the heart and open in like they gives a real high and the flush of all these positive yeah. hormones actually okay okay is it 
I don't know what types of slurps. I, I will have a look, actually. It's interesting because <laughs> you do feel very well by chocolate. I yeah. think it's a different feeling from eating sweets, which give you some kind of a sugar high, which is not really pleasant. doesn't give you that fullness. So um, I would give my vote for chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, definitely. For many years, I've drinking hot chocolate in the morning instead of oh. coffee because it gives that boost, but not like a... Um, court court is all high it's more like a power yeah and it comes slowly and it is sort of coming from inside yeah I think it's very important very so maybe we can start preparing ourselves and erase the awareness around intimacy now as we can in a few months maybe or a half a year we are starting to open up the society again you know it yeah. will be so yeah. interesting to see how we are on the other side so I hope people now listening to this can start the awareness of, of um, the pleasure feelings and a chocolate and intimacy and touch because many people live alone and they're like terrified. Yeah, there are many of them. I, I, I have friends actually who have, have died now, not because they had the infection, but because they lost sort of uh, the spirit of life because they had nothing to do. They got... You know, nothing happened and no relationship. So, so it's, it's horrible from that point of view. And I think that's not been discussed enough that you need all the time this stimulation. But I was thinking also when we come back to, to, to the real social life again, we are not used to it and we need a little bit. So maybe we should eat chocolate together. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Start to increase it and then you can sort of it, it can develop into these other systems also it's a little, little bit like an inner massage i would say oh that's uh, that's the best mm-hmm. also especially for us in the nordics where in my society as it's very we are very isolated and we, we know like we have two friends or three and we sit much alone and like sharing a meal and chocolate, you know, around the coffee table. It's a very soft, nice step towards opening up that door. Absolutely. It's perfect. It's perfect. It really is. I mean, also from a physiological point of view, it, it, it is absolutely the way to go. Unless you sit outside, you know, in a camp around a fire or something and eat things that you sausage, that you grill on the fire and things like that. That's also... That's also, you know, sometimes mixing, eating together, we're doing something together is also very good because it reinforces this feeling of of togetherness, which will then open up for touch. You know, I just heard that if you want to adopt a child, for example, it might be difficult. That child, let's assume that the baby or the child is two years old. And then it can be very difficult for both the parents and, and the and the the child, you know, to to get close to each other. And one thing they always recommend is that they go to swimming pools, to warm swimming pools and swim together. Because that's when you you get this, you know, trigger from the skin and they start to laugh and and then they start to play. And then, you know, that's one way of reaching others. And then as soon as as you have broken that barrier, it's just to uh, continue because then um, it's all happened, you know. The barrier is not there when you have touched. Then you have come through it. So, so I, I, I think I will uh, schedule in spa with my girlfriends. That would mm-hmm. be perfect, you know, mm-hmm. going to the spa, going to sauna, all of these things. Yeah. yeah. 
But as far as I remember, there is also some food in, I mean, if you go to one of these holes where you're, the sauna itself is, is just the warmth and the talking, but very often there is a little bit of food or drinking, you know, in connection with this before or after, isn't there? <laughs> Perfect plan. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I am going to go and eat some chocolate now. And I thank you so much for everything you shared. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Good questions. Thank you very much. <laughs>